How you doing, everyone? This is Kim C, and you're listening to The Year of Underrated Stephen King. This is a one-woman book podcast, and I am a university fiction teacher where I take everything I've learned over the years to dive headfirst into the underrated and underexplored titles within Stephen King's catalog. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me today on a very fun little story I can't wait to talk with you guys about called Finn, super hot off the presses. But a couple little updates. Do forgive the delay on content. And I must say, since school got out and before my next class begins, I have been enjoying myself quite a bit and haven't found a lot of time to snuggle up with wizard and glass and get through it ergo there is going to be a delay on the wizard and glass content my apologies but i think i'm making up for lost time given the fact i haven't had as much summer adventures in the past two years so lately Things are popping. I have weekend vacations. I have people coming in to visit. There's pool time. There is cocktail hour and sunshine and SPF and hanging out and all the things. And I did kind of mention in April we would slow down just a little bit in terms of novel output. So hopefully around the autumnal equinox, we'll definitely hit the gas pedal on some of these novels and get some content out in a timely manner. But forgive me up front, life is happening. I'm enjoying it. So everybody out there, I hope you're enjoying your summer thus far. And for my Aussies, bring your brawly, make sure you're bundled up. Don't know if it's been super cold this year, but last time I was in Australia, it was right around June, July, and I was a frozen little popsicle and got rained on quite a bit. So I hope that everyone is enjoying themselves as much as they can. Wizard and Glass will definitely happen soon. I promise it will be worth the wait. I'm really enjoying it thus far, but a little late, but worth the wait. So it'll be coming up soon. But until then, I do have some fun stuff geared your way. I have a really fun conversation with Matt H from Tower Junkies coming up next week. So you guys can stay tuned for that. Matt is a doll delightful presence, friend of the podcast. He's just a gem. There'll be some fun stuff coming up as we dig in deeper to Wizard and Glass. It's coming soon, I promise, promise. But summer sort of grabbed me by the hand and whisked me away and I've been having a ton of fun. I hope you all are as well. Let's get into Finn, everybody. Let's dive into this short little Irish cupcake that totally romanced me. Before we begin, if you haven't read it, rather listened, I must preface it's I don't believe there's a physical text attached to this one, guys. This was found on the scribed. Yeah, it's scribed. I want to say scribed. It's tricking my brain a little bit, but this is an audio media platform very similar to Audible. And if you signed up for a trial slash maybe got a friend or two to illegally record it for you, um, let's just say I wouldn't frown upon that at all. However, you get your hands slash ears onto it. 
This came out just a couple weeks ago, super hot off the presses, and I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to share a few thoughts because I, yeah, number one, this is completely Irish soaked. This is 1000% saturated in all things Ireland. For those of you who have been hanging out with me this year, I just got back from Ireland in January. I had a lovely week where I spent jumping all over the southern half, having the most amazing time. I've never visited Ireland before. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it to the northern part where our good friend Jamie Stewart is located so I definitely have to return yeah I definitely have to return because I left my heart there a hundred percent the moment I landed all the rain stopped the sunshine came out it was way too magical <laughs> because I know it's not like that all the time but it was grand it was beyond I loved every moment I was walking around the precious streets eating as many potatoes as I could. <laughs> it was amazing. So as I was making my way through Finn, realizing this character is Irish, everything is set in Ireland, it was quite a treat, let me tell you. In today's episode, we're just going to have a mini version of what we typically do with novel analyses. We're going to talk about the good stuff, what we enjoyed, what was really strong, and then we'll transition to what wasn't so strong, what maybe wasn't working as well as I would have liked, other little questions that pop up. So because it's just a one singular short story, it'll be a more condensed episode and we'll go as in-depth as we can in those two categories, but it'll be a nice little intimate breakdown. So if you haven't got your hands on it, definitely make sure you spend the hour of listening to Finn. In my experience with audio media, typically an hour's worth of narrative content is approximately 25 pages, maybe less than that, maybe a little more, give or take. So I wish that we did have the accompanying text to it, but I don't know if that was an option. If anybody knows if there is a physical text, let me know. I am very interested. So the premise of Finn is pretty classic. I was actually surprised and encouraged and excited with what King brought us. This is a very old school literary device. A lot of you know what it is. And if you study Gothic literature, it's found and featured quite a bit. And that is the device of the doppelganger. Doppelganger, of course, means twin or lookalike. This can also be metaphorical doppelgangers, such as the shadow self, the alter ego, an alternate personality. Doppelgangers are all over literature, guys. We see them a lot in film as well with old school Charlie Chaplin movies. We also, if you guys remember The Prince and the Pauper, we have princes that, I don't remember the plot exactly. I don't know if they were twin princes, one was raised in poverty, but the or they were just doppelgangers, but they switched positions. And so the very affluent, privileged prince was able to spend some time with the commoners and realize how much fun it was. And then the 
other guy, the poor guy, got to enjoy all the lavish luxuries of the prince. So we have doppelganger all over the place, guys. It's pretty classic. You've seen it in cartoons. You've seen it all over the place. But this time, King gives us a plot soaked with doppelganger, and it takes a very sinister turn. So the premise of Finn is we have an Irish male who is in his early 20s. He's very young. This is a contemporary setting. This is present day Ireland. I don't exactly know which county or where he's at, but it's Ireland. We love it. And he is the very unfortunate recipient of a mistaken identity. This story is also largely about the notion of bad luck. What is this bad luck that our poor protagonist Finn Murray suffers? So Finn is on his way home and he is abducted. He is tortured. He is almost killed multiple ways. And then just as soon as it began, kind of all ends. And we'll talk about the ending here in just a few minutes. But that's that's all we got. This is a short tale that kind of leaves you wanting more. Definitely does that. Really, really does that for sure. So that's what we have for our premise. There's really not much more to add to that. And we'll talk about why maybe that's a good thing or maybe it's a bad thing. So in this episode, we are going to talk about what's good, what's bad. So let's kick it off with the good. Here are the things that I really liked about 2022's short story, Finn, F-I-N-N. So firstly, the fact that it is present day is kind of great. We have mention of Finn's arm hurting because of his COVID shot or that his arm formally hurt when it did from his COVID shot. And like, I don't know, guys, just the fact that that's in contemporary media now, I don't know. It was just a really trippy moment for me in a good way. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I think with all of the past King titles I've been in, it's been decades away from 2020 madness. And so now King pulls us right into present day, right into the moment of his COVID shot. And it's like, wow, wow, that really grounded me because it's first. It's the first I've I've read of anybody acknowledging our current reality. And I don't know if we're even post-COVID, sort of, maybe, post-pandemic, sort of, eventually. <laughs> but I know for the Gwendy readers out there that Gwendy's Feather? Why am I thinking Feather? The last Gwendy book apparently has mention of contemporary stuff such as people wearing masks and such. So King, as we know, not only is he a stellar American author and he incorporates a lot of American branding in all of his stories, but he's really great at capturing time and he brings us right to present day with Finn and I really liked it. It was subtle but it really grounded me like oh yeah we're, we're just kind of coming out of this a little bit. So what I also really enjoyed about Finn and a couple really cool podcasters out there even created a playlist with all the music featured is how musical Finn is 
we have mention of so many old school songs and groups. There's a lot of Elvis Presley, which is awesome. If you guys are not Elvis fans, you need to become one. I love him so much. I'm a huge Elvis fan. Granted, I'm a very old soul, as you guys can most likely imagine. But yeah, I have a lot of aunts and uncles who are huge Elvis fans. So that was the sounds of my childhood for sure. Huge Elvis fan. He mentioned some really good songs in this story. But one of my favorite AC DC songs is Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. That's my favorite. No, I take that back. That is my favorite. It's it's awesome. It's about murder, but <laughs> it's awesome. We've got a lot. We've got an absolute wonderful conglomeration of music. And in addition to King utilizing American branding in all of his stories, he's so musical. He's such a musical connoisseur. He's a pop culture fan. He's just the coolest. It's a gush fest for King today, guys. But as we readers of King know, almost every new chapter of the book will be quoting song lyrics or have a song mentioned. So very musical guy. King is a musician himself, so it makes a lot of sense. But we have a lot of music featured inside of Finn. And so if you can make a playlist or get your hands on a playlist made for what was featured in Finn, it's delightful. Oh, wow. It is so much fun, guys. The story comes to life in such a strong way. Definitely get your hands on or your ears, I should say, start listening to some of these songs featured in Finn. It's very charming. It really works. So the third thing that I really, really like is we have the notion of luck. Present throughout the story is the theme of luck. So because it's such an Irish-soaked story, I don't know a lot about the cultural i mean we have a lot of contemporary iterations and assumptions of like oh irish good luck bad luck i don't know how to scratch the surface on that one just because i don't feel i'm well read enough but you know the entire earth celebrates saint patrick's day it is a very beloved holiday and we are throughout our contemporary culture constantly uh, regurgitating, oh, the luck of the Irish and pot of gold and all these very cute, overly marketed <laughs> stuff about Irish culture. I don't know the real roots of that, so I'm not going to speak on it. I, I would hate to make any ignorant statements because I just don't know. But what I like here is King kind of brings us this theme and it's pretty general and he doesn't go too in depth of luck. And Finn Murray is just a victim of bad luck since he's very, very little. We don't get any real background as to, is this just, is it anything to do with his family? Is it like inherited through lineage? Did he do something to get the bad luck? You know, typically with, with these folklore things. When I was in Ireland, pretty much everybody I talked to who would sit down with me, I asked about the fairies because I know that's a huge thing. You had to respect the fairies and there was awesome stories about fairy changelings and if your baby was born and misbehaving or it was a fussy baby, it was understood that maybe the fairies took your child and gave you a changeling, a fairy child, and fairy children were 
not good. They were bad children. And that was, wow, that was huge. And a lot of people believed that. And I know of Irish folks who refused to build on certain areas of the land because the fairies did not give them permission. So it's fascinating. I need to dive way more into Irish folklore. I'm sold. I'm so wholeheartedly sold. But any Irish listeners out there, if you can enlighten me on this luck thing and the parameters of it, the boundaries, how it works. You know, did Finn piss off a fairy when he was little? Is he a fairy changeling? I don't know. I don't think he's a changeling because from what I know through osmosis and reading and film and whatever, I think changeling children are very, I don't know, they're, they're, they misbehave. Finn seems to be pretty well adjusted and maybe bad luck is just like that. Like he maybe didn't do anything to deserve it, but he has bad luck. Since he was a baby, bad things have happened to him. And his grandmother says, and this is kind of a huge theme throughout the story, for every stroke of bad luck, God grants two strokes of good luck. So that's huge. That is the theme of our story is good luck and bad luck. And so with all the terrible emphasis on terrible things that happened to Finn, we're kind of hopeful that, okay, the two strokes of good luck are coming. So more on that in a little bit. The last thing I really enjoy about Finn is, of course, the visceral details, guys. This one has some grit. King definitely pulls a punch. It's a very strong, tight punch with some of the visceral details of the violence that happens to Finn. It's not overly violent. Granted, I'm a little... I'm definitely more sensitive to that than perhaps most people are, but there's, yeah, there's some uh, contemporary violence going on mixed in with some old school. For example, our poor character Finn, our protagonist, he gets waterboarded with a burlap sack, which that's actually the cover of the story the the photograph on the indicating the title of the story it's it's pretty chilling i think he is laying on a board and he's just being drowned with water and he's coughing he is almost drowning he is on the brink of vomiting it's intense guys so we have some very visceral details of water torture the other thing that was intense is of course in this room he's exposed to very loud sound a lot of stimulus overload just deafening rock music and then he is almost poisoned his food of which he is starving to death he is so hungry he is almost poisoned and that's old school like they've been poisoning people for thousands of years so i was like oh they poisoned his irish breakfast oh my goodness so i was like okay that's really old school so he was almost poisoned so we have some really cool details about some of the thuggish characters what they look like sound like smell like it's awesome So the visceral details of Finn are working quite well. So to recap, what I really enjoyed from Finn is the 21st century setting. I do like that. Wow, guys, we're right up in present day. He mentioned a COVID shot. That is, uh, wow, we're there, which 
feels interesting. I don't know why that's such a big deal, but it is. It's like, I don't know. I also feel perhaps that these last two years have been some sort of a, a blip. If you guys know from the Marvel universe, the five-year blip. I, I feel like that happened in these last two years. I just have very little memory of these last two years. Mostly that's because of trauma. So there's that. That's a whole nother can of worms. But the 21st century nature of our setting is very appealing. I also really like the theme of luck and Irish folklore, good luck, bad luck, and how our protagonist is just one unlucky fellow. I love that it's full of music. If this doesn't make you want to listen to Elvis, I don't know what will. So you need to play some of those Elvis tracks and uh, listen to Love Me Tender, my favorite. But yeah, Elvis, so many good songs mentioned. And of course, my favorite ACDC song, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Also, the visceral details. The visceral details, guys. Oh my goodness. It's intense. So, I never want to have water torture like that. Oh my gosh. Granted, I don't want to be tortured at all, but that one is especially bad. Not my favorite. So, let's transition to what wasn't working in Finn. I hesitate to use bad, but we can simplify it. The good and the bad. So, here's what was not my favorite about Finn. Number one, too short. (laughs) Oh my gosh, guys, it's too short. And in order to really exacerbate that, we got to talk about the ending. So the ending of Finn is a happy one, sort of. Happy in the fact that, spoiler alert, I'm going to reveal all guys. So if you haven't listened to Finn, stop now, go back, listen, come back. Because I don't want to ruin this. So Finn is kidnapped. He is tortured. He is almost killed. He's about to be killed. And all of a sudden, the guys that kind of are his captors, two of them sort of see or it's unclear how they come to the conclusion, but they basically realize, you know, Finn's not our guy. He doesn't He's not the guy we're looking for. He, these, he's not the droid we're looking for. We just got to move on. Let this guy go. This poor sap. He's endured enough. So they let him go. They release him. And Finn is, of course, in a daze. I think it's been about a 48-hour turnaround. In theory, it's a little ambiguous. He is walking back to his neighborhood. He was in a car for quite a bit of time getting back to his neighborhood. So he's there. And he doesn't know if he's, he's just out of his body a little bit. He's in shock, severe shock. And he kind of tells the reader, I don't know if I'm dreaming. I don't know if this is real. I, I don't know if I'm dead. I don't know anything. He's just in such a state of shock, so traumatized. So he's really, really struggling. And so the end of the story is him going down the slide of a little playground area because that was something he used to do when he was little. He has fond memories about it. It's associated with his grandmother and good luck. So he goes down the slide and that's how the story ends. And so the reader is, I think contextually, it's not like an inception thing where is the top still spinning from that Christopher Nolan film Inception. I think contextually he is okay. I think that he is alive, he's fine, but it 
oh oh gosh guys i just wanted more and that's the thing it's hard to i always want more we always want more but with this one i really did want some more it does end nice like if i understand his writerly decisions for that it's a good place to end it to kind of just be like well what if or glad he's okay it's kind of a happy ending it's wrapped in a bow a little bit or someone could take it as that maybe he is dead or maybe he didn't make it out at all and maybe he's just projecting himself in a state of rescue but he's actually still back in that underground hellhole of torture and pain and isolation and all that stuff so i just wanted more i would like some more details on the person who actually looked like him because they physically crash into each other they bump into each other at the beginning of the story so his doppelganger i would like more content on that like whatever happened to that guy did they ever find him did he ever was there a newspaper article i mean granted that would be just feeding it to me but i don't care i wanted a little bit more than okay he's okay you know that's the end or what the rest of his year looks like like how do you recover from that how do you for me it's definitely too short i respect it for what it is i respect the choices made the length it is but in my heart it was very short and the reason why i feel it should be longer is my second point the ambiguous ending so we kind of talked about the ending already with the length but if we jump back to the theme of good luck, bad luck, right? Throughout the story, the luck of the Irish, very, very prominent. And Finn's grandmother says, for every stroke of bad luck, you get two strokes of good luck. That's the theme, guys. That's the theme that encourages our protagonist, Finn. That's what he lives by. And then all of a sudden the story ends and we don't really get mention of the theme. It doesn't tie it up. My theory is, were the two strokes of good luck the two men who freed him? Was that like the literal two strokes of good luck? Or I was hoping, in addition to wanting more content, maybe Finn could like win the lottery after that. Like, okay, you just survived a horrendous ordeal. Horrendous. You were almost killed. You are traumatized forever, most likely, and you're free. Cool. One stroke of good luck. Where's the second one? Where's the second one that God would bestow upon you for enduring that suffering? I think he needs to win the lottery or <laughs> something good needs to happen. A huge win. Something to kind of to fully encapsulate that theme of good luck happens when bad luck is first endured for every stroke of bad luck there's two strokes of good luck where was the second stroke guys so my only idea is that king perhaps literally gave us two men who helped free finn so maybe that's the two strokes but I don't like it. I don't like it as much as I would. <laughs> I think it should just be bigger than that. The first stroke is he's free. The second stroke is a million dollars or a million euro or something awesome or the something that he's always dreamed about. 
And I think we could have had some more character buildup. We know that Finn had a girlfriend. We know that he was very passionately making out with her before this terrible ordeal, which caused him to forget his wallet, so he wasn't able to solidify his identity to his captors, all that bad stuff. But I I believe he's in school. I, I know he kind of just... The, the details on Finn are kind of sparse, and so I really feel that King avoided maybe those age-old character-building questions, which is, what does your character want? What does Finn want? What is the goal he's striving for, and what's in the way of that, right? I don't know, and it's been about a week or two since I've listened to the story. I might have to give it a second listen, but I, I don't, please forgive me if I'm missing the details, but in my listening of the story, I wasn't concrete in some of our character details. What does Finn want? What, where does he want to go? What is he looking forward to in life? Does he want to marry his girlfriend? Does he want to make it big in a band? Does he want to travel the world? Is he hoping for some sort of apprenticeship? Like, what does he want? What, why is it that we don't have that. And I think because we don't have that aspect of Finn's character, yes, the torture is horrific and we don't want him to suffer it, but as he's enduring it, it doesn't hurt as much for the reader because we don't know a lot about Finn. We feel sorry for him, we feel an immense amount of pity, but because I don't have enough character development, on who Finn is other than he's just an unfortunate kind of guy bumbling through life with bad things happening to him but I don't know about Finn I don't know about what he wants what he's striving for what he's hoping for those are huge character aspects that I don't feel we have with Finn if I missed them please let me know but in my recollection of the story I just don't remember I don't feel like those were discussed and those are big deals and what's kind of shocking uh, given the fact that the majority of all constant readers discuss his character development. King is a character writer. It's why he's one of the most beloved authors of all time is because of what he does with characters. We have characters inside the King universe who we've treat like family. We treat them like our friends, that they're extended parts of our lives. I know I feel like that about certain characters, especially Bill Dunbro, uh, especially Lisey Landon, Rosie, Rosie McClendon. Like, I've got a lot of people who I just, like, think about in my day-to-day as if they were real, and that's because King is a brilliant character writer. So it just puzzles me a little bit. It puzzles me that we really don't have that with Finn, and it can be interpreted that maybe this is just, this is King at a much older age. He is 78, granted. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, but in these later years, we do have, there's a definite change in style, is what I will say. And so, I'm curious. I'm a little curious about about that and why from a prolific character creator, this guy's a little sparse. And I think what we have in this tale is just very plot heavy. And yeah, that's fine. That's about it. But the torture 
doesn't hurt as much. It's bad. I don't like it, but it doesn't hurt as much because I don't know enough about Finn for it to really break my heart, for it to really break me open. Like, for example, if Finn was a guitar player or a piano player and these mofos who kidnapped him broke his hand, like that would crush me. That would devastate me. Something like that, right? We needed to to feel it. And we're only able to feel it if we know certain things about Finn. So just throwing that out there. I feel Finn is a little underbaked. And that's one of the things that uh, wasn't my favorite about Finn. So yeah, let's recap. Number one, too short. Number two, the ambiguous ending. The for every two strokes of bad luck, or pardon me, for every stroke of bad luck, there's two strokes of good luck. Where were the two strokes, guys? Where were they? I want them. I want it to be more than just the two people. I think I would bet money that that's what it is. The two strokes are the two guys who freed him. I get it. I get it. I get it. I just wanted more. (laughs) I wanted more. And lastly, who is Finn? Like, really, who, who who is Finn? He is a cookie cutter, sweet, early 20s guy just kind of bumbling around he's got some family he's got that's what we don't know a lot about him we we know a little bit about i i vaguely remember the details of his his parents i think i think his family life's decent but again it's so sparse it's so sparse it's not enough to sink my teeth into not enough for me to build him up so that when he is kidnapped when this horrific event occurs it's just kind of under this veneer in this opaque kind of idea in my mind of bad luck and it's like no this is much deeper than that like this but but maybe it is just supposed to be observed as like lighthearted good luck bad luck like oh bad luck sucks to be you glad you got out of that but it's like this is huge guys this is like kidnap and torture this is near death by poisoning like whoa whoa you know so yeah lastly we didn't have enough about finn that's kind of all i got guys this is a short and sweet one definitely give it a listen they have an irish narrator perform the whole story it is delightful but if anybody out there is an Irish listener and you would like to enlighten me on anything, please do so. I welcome that wholeheartedly. If you can write into the show at underratedsk at gmail, oh, that would be amazing. I would love that so much. I adore Ireland so much. I highly recommend that everyone make it there. I'm just a huge UK fan in general. I love going, London's one of my favorite cities in the world. I just love it so much. But I think Ireland has kind of stole it away. <laughs> I can't wait to go back. I cannot wait to go back and drink some Bulmers. I'm a cider fan, so Bulmers. I tried them all. I tried them all. I was quite pickled on my Irish adventure, um, but Bulmers was the best for me. Cronin's was okay, but Bulmers was better. So I really loved my time in Ireland, which made the short story Finn such an enjoyable affirmation of my amazing vacation. But I I like what King does with all of the 
Irish colloquialisms. For example, it's not a sausage, it's a banger. I don't know if that's universal in the UK. It definitely hasn't crossed over here. Unless it's an Irish pub or an English pub, we might call it a banger. We know what it is, which is good, but there's a lot of Irish speak in this, which is great. So it's very culturally immersive. It is totally enjoyable. The Irish narrator performs it beautifully. It is a fun little short story that definitely has some grit with some of these visceral details that are very unsettling and uncomfortable. But overall, my dear loves, I I needed more Finn time. I needed a little bit more of his spotlight and his building blocks in order for it to really, really sink deeper. Because the way this reads, it's kind of a pleasant little story and then it ends and you as the reader are kind of like, okay, okay, you know? And that's not typically how Stephen King rolls. Even in the short tales, we have tales that are less than 10 pages and they hit hard and you are left just like you were punched in the stomach in terms of the way you feel as a reader. So I'm a little curious about Finn. I definitely feel more could have been added. Perhaps we could have edited certain parts. The whole gangster interrogation stuff, also I attribute that to the really good visceral details. All good stuff. There is some positives. This is definitely worth the listen. I was very glad I sought it out. And I'm happy that we're still getting stuff from King. It's 2022, guys. We are still getting stuff from King. We are getting fairy tale later on this September. I am thrilled about that. We are getting a Holly Gibney novel next year. Like, I am... We are so blessed, right? Like, we are just so fortunate that King is still delivering. It is just speechless. My heart overflows. When in doubt, I just think about that. I just think about how lucky we are. We are lucky, lucky, lucky readers that our favorite author continues to bestow upon us more amazing stories. Finn was fun. Let me know your thoughts. If you haven't said hi on the show yet, please do so at underratedsk at gmail. I check it early and often. I would love to meet you, say hi, uh, let me know where you're from, what you think of the show, suggestions, novel ideas in terms of which ones you would like me to tackle next. I'm kind of torn between Blaze or, because it's summer, diving into Billy Summers. So I'm a little torn. You can let me know. I might do a poll on Twitter, but you can find me on any of the socials. We are not on TikTok. Um, Not as cool. We're not on TikTok. I'll consider it. Maybe. Maybe we'll pop up on TikTok. Maybe. Probably not. But if you haven't and would like to be the best in the West, please give the show a five star on Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. We are hoping to meet more amazing King fans like yourself, or if you are a brand new King reader and you're kind of wondering what all the fuss is about, this is the place for you as well. We are doing our very best to win you over as well, so share it with a friend if they're interested in books, interested in dipping their toe into the waters of King, all that good stuff. 
but to all of you i love you so much thank you for sticking with me being my friend listening to the show wherever you are wear your sunscreen have fun have as much fun as you can in these uncertain days oh my goodness not to damper it but let's be real And if you are an Aussie, make sure you order me a strong, skinny, flat white, bring your brawly, bundle up, and take care. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.